It's time for the Team Bear Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Team Bear Sports Podcast, the only sports podcast that goes over Chicago sports and actual bear news. Uh, Kevin, Tim, and Jackson are back at it for another week to talk about Chicago Bears, Sox, Cubs, some other things, and we got some uh, a nice little power ranking at the end. Um, we'll, we'll let the man Tim go over that when uh, we get there because it, it was his idea this week. Um, so how, how's everyone doing? Great. Feeling good. Not hungry like Jackson right now. Yeah, what are you on, hour two, waiting for Grubhub? Yeah, pretty much. It's Uber Eats. They, uh, fucked, Uber up Eats. My, they fucked up my order for barbecue. Now I'm waiting for a Five Guys burger. And I don't really want to drive anywhere or leave my apartment because it's a swamp today. It's 97 and humid, so I don't really want to do that. Well, what I want to know is what's plan C if Five Guys doesn't go through? Turkey Turkey, sand, turkey sandwich. Ooh. Not bad. I mean, it's it I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cook tonight. I didn't want to cook. I was tired all day, long day at work. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to treat myself to some barbecue at this one barbecue place I've been to a couple times. Didn't get my order. And I'm like, do you know what? A burger sounds pretty good too. And uh, supposedly it's supposed to be dropped off in about 20 minutes. So knock on wood that it is because the other one wasn't. Do they so. drop it off at your at your apartment or you have to go in the lobby? I have to go in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, I was to say, you should invite them up to let them know uh, what, what the Team yeah, Bear my, Sports Podcast I, uh, thinks about. Uh, surprise interview. My, uh, <laughs> I'll ask Michael if he's driving tonight. You should tune in. Michael, I got a. Uh, you big podcast guy. I got one for two hours for you. <laughs> You're gonna say, oh, oh team, uh, give him the old. Uh, are you team bear or team if gorilla? He in, that, if, that he came, dr- if he came, if he came in, walk, if he came in walking in with like a Chicago shirt on, like any of the four major sports teams, absolutely, I'd be like, hey, you gotta listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, he strikes me. Michael strikes me as a guy who's definitely wearing a button-up shirt while he's doing these deliveries well he looks like he's seven uh he has a hundred percent satisfaction rate he's made 2743 deliveries holy shit he, you um, said he looks like he is seven or eight this kid are you are you raising he looks, the, he looks like he's seven guy? years old he looks like he's seven years old oh i thought you were calling him a seven i was like wow <laughs> i well. will screenshot michael and i'll send, text it to you guys because um, obviously our viewers can't see him. <laughs> but yes, he is very young looking. I mean, it just shows that we're just really we'll, old. We'll put, a poll, we'll put a poll on the Twitter. How, how old do you think Michael is? Seven, eight, nine. <laughs> you got to ask him, Jack. You got to ask him when you get there. All right, there's, there's the ding. I, I mean, we might as well. He definitely looks like he is on the younger side. He's a diamond, diamond, whatever that means. He's, I don't know. I was just about to ask, what does a diamond mean? Hell of a set of eyebrows on this guy. I'll say he that. He does. Yes. Yes. They are. A couple of loud. caterpillars. Yeah. yeah with those, with those eyebrows, I feel like he could do like a real good, like zoom in on like a TV sitcom. Like, 
was that me? And just kind of like raising his hands and his eyebrows, but yeah. It just this kid, he looks so young, and it makes me feel so old. Well, you know, like my... what's going on with his like face? Because like his face is like there's really it's like really dark, and then his neck is like lit up, like lit up like a Christmas tree. He had the I mean, ring is, light set is, up on his neck. He lamp? also <laughs> has like he, it looks like he shaved part of his mustache, and is... then he forgot to shave the left part of his mustache. Is and... he standing on top of the lamp and leaning in? Like I don't think he's ever taken a selfie. I tell before. you what, that's a pretty good cowlick that he has on his right side of his head, though. And the zero upper lip, definitely. I don't know no if upper, no lip. upper lip or just <laughs> no upper, upper lip. lip or an underbite, but yeah, he's got no upper lip. Um, he's got a half-grown mustache, and he's got very bad bedhead. But yeah, this, he's got this guy's just made on it. your way to your place with the, your burger, just like humming away, like, "Man, I'm such a good delivery driver." And we're not, just not, this not guy. knowing, yeah, not knowing that he's, he's being talked about on a podcast. <laughs> well, Michael, I hope we you appreciate get, you. I, I hope, I hope, I hope you get here. Yes, because otherwise, I don't want to make a turkey sandwich, even though I make good turkey sandwiches. I just want food i don't want to do the dishes tonight i don't want to you know i just wanted to relax but you can make a sandwich without dishes i mean no because i'm going to put it on a plate you know i'm not going to be an animal i mean i'll put it on a paper towel and i'm married with a kid i don't i don't see anything wrong with that true just, just I'll make true. it on the counter. I'll put the bread on the counter and then just. Then you get, then you get crumbs. Like, then, oh, I'll yeah. make it in my hand. Yeah, see? <laughs> there you go. All these that should be our that should be our poll question. How do you make your sandwich, or where do you place your sandwich? Hand, counter, plate. All right, we got some Bears stuff going on. We yeah, we got rain. We are we are two days away from the first game. Yeah, I'm is... pretty excited, boys. Um, we I know we were kind of talking about this, and we were going to talk about it, but it kind of makes no sense when the tweet just came out. Um, so I kind of want to talk about this first, if that's all right. Maggie says that we need to prepare for fields going into the second half. No shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For week one? Oh, yeah. Against the Rams. Because in our agenda here, we said, you know, what do you think the breakdown is going to be? First, I guess we could start it with here. Do you, do you think it, with that news? So it sounds like mm. whenever Fields gets in, maybe late first quarter, second quarter, depending on how long the first series is or whatever. All right, Michael's on his way. He's going to be at 948. Oh, thank God. Good man. All right. Good man. Uh, heck yeah. Timer's so, on now, Michael. Yeah. yeah. 840, 940 your time, seven or 640 your time, Tim. He's on the clock. Heck yeah. Uh, do we think that with this news, do we think Andy Dalton plays one series and then gets out? Or do you think Andy Dalton no no go whatsoever? For what, what game? Who are they facing? Is this the week one? Dolphins? I mean, do you, okay. do you think that Nagy can do what he did in 2019, not playing guys in preseason and then getting I, a bunch I, of shit for know, it? I think I, everybody I think, plays. I think people play. I wouldn't be surprised if they do longer series with people just because the three games you know and it obviously it kind of affects how you uh develop your roster and who gets cut who doesn't get cut the bears aren't in this position of like these other teams where they can just kind of like right they don't have they don't have the depth they don't have the depth um we need to see what we got yeah i wouldn't be surprised if dalton he's out there for 
I would say he's going to be out there for two series. Um, and then now with Fields yeah. possibly going into the second half, then I don't know. Is that then Foles the rest of the way from, let's say. I would imagine Foles the quarter. the second half. Yeah. But, fourth quarter. But I mean, like, and then that's kind of my question that if we're doing Fields then, and Fields is going to be looking like he's at least getting a quarter or maybe a quarter and some change of play. Does he get a series where he gets to throw to Allen Robinson and Mooney and all that and Komet? Or do you think that he's second team right off the bat when he gets in? I think he's second team. I think he's Wims, Ridley, Goodwin, which I'm looking forward to see Goodwin. There's a lot um, of dudes that he's, like, vibing with right now. He's done a good job. He's done a good job with Ridley. Yeah, Ridley missed a, or dropped, like, a nice ball in the end zone today. Yeah, I heard that. I, I did not follow Bears Twitter today that much until about like half hour ago. <laughs> so I'm trying to get like caught up. But, but not I mean, like Justin had a day though. I'm I'm excited. I guess before we talk fools here, I mean I I agree with you. I think Andy Dalton won two series, but I guess fields. Let's let's dive into it. I mean, what are we looking for? I mean, we're looking for what exactly? Like Stay. when you like let's not try to use the hyperbole of like, oh, we're trying to see if he's ready or this like what is one thing if you could see it? What are you looking for when you're like when you're Com- looking at him? confidence uh, with the huddle? I think mine would be, and it depends on the offensive line if they give him enough time. Um, that's a whole nother thing. Is that he doesn't do the Mitch approach, which he's a completely different player. Of if the first read's not there, that he's exactly going to lose speed. Say. And yeah. runs. Look for the yep. second, third options, and then if you have Patience. to, yeah, definitely go look for those second, third reads. If they're not, if they're not there, then you can run. Where I, we all know that Mitch was. Oh, my one read's not there. I'm gonna book it or and then still see, try and throw you it. know, maybe a, maybe a rollout while still looking downfield. You know, like I mean, just to see his eyes. I want to see the eyes of. Are you still looking for the second read? Are you looking for these naggy? long plays to develop are you looking yeah. for them or are you looking for the first out yeah i uh, i'm i'm kind of with you on like just talk about Nagy there for a sec because i just want to see if the play calling changes from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback oh yeah if it's different That's... with dalton than with fields right. and with falls so, and i don't know if we'll see that anytime in these preseason games and and if you do can you really count it because it's like you know like i would be i i think if we're going to show it off a little bit, I think there's going to be a deep pass at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's preseason, you know what I mean? You got to go for it. But like, I think uh, I agree. And I think we definitely, we definitely look for that whenever Fields gets into the actual season. What does it look like? Does it look like Mitch training wheels or is this, Hey, um, we're up by a score. Let's go for another one, you know, or, you know, like, are That's we just, point. I, I really yeah. don't think, I don't think they're going to put that much, training wheels on fields to be honest with you i mean obviously there's always going to be a learning curve with any player uh even i mean as even as much with uh, a quarterback but i think with fields like he's not like a project player like mitch was right mitch was a project you know he only had one start one starting year at north carolina um, I mean, every rookie's a project, right? But I get what you're saying. Like, it was Mitch was raw. Like, yeah, yeah. raw. That's, yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. 
so yeah, I agree. I think that, that this is what we look for. We look for, is he patient? Is he looking for the second reads? And then obviously while that's going on, what do we have out of like a Khalil Herbert? What do we have out of Marquise Goodwin? What do we have out of these Daz, or is, would Daz Newsom play? No. I guess not. I'm thinking like a Jesse James where he'd look to try and see yeah. what he can do. All right. He's, I think Michael's here. Oh, he's like hey, two minutes away. He's fast, like two Michael. minutes away. He's like two minutes away. I'm going to walk down. I'll be <laughs> right, right back. All right. We're going to keep talking. So Godspeed. With, I mean, we, we, we kind of alluded to this, but I mean, is this the kind of next man up mentality for you, Kev? Are you looking at some of these guys that like, are going to fill these holes like the Tevin Jenkins hole? Are you looking for, you know, like who, who are you looking for? What are you looking for? Cause I can tell you what I am looking, going to be looking at. Yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, the O-line is the glaring position or offensive tackle, I should say, where we're going to see, okay, you know, if someone's missing Jenkins or Borum or whoever it is, who's going to be the person to step up. So that'll be the most obvious of the, um, positions that we would like to see kind of play out during preseason is this um, going to be like the number one game of where most fans are going to be actually like like my dad and and jackson's dad watching the offensive line everyone's oh, going to be like super about it absolutely i i mean i looked up the death chart today just to see like the these names that would be possibly playing with the first team and i've never heard of these guys before so it's going to be interesting to see if i mean if they produce last year we know that um we had guys come in and step up in the offensive line, so maybe we can get that again. Hopefully we can get Jenkins and Burrow in, and they can be healthy because they are the potential future. Um, but, you know, just to have guys come in and be that Band-Aid in the meantime is something we're going to want to see. Um, another thing that I wanted to kind of see was the tight end. Who's going to be that backup tight end to – is it, going to be, is it going to be a two tight end system? Do we know, Tim, or is it just a... You mentioned Jesse James, and I've heard that Jesse James has got a little bit of a nice rapport with um, with Fields. But, I mean, obviously, you're going to ha- you're going to see the commit, Jimmy Graham. But I, I'd be willing to bet this year, now with our, like, Darnell Mooney kind of being that second star, or that rising star kind of thing, mm-hmm. I, I think we see more one tight end sets. Yeah. In the passing game... But you'll see those two just be depending on you know how the left tackle position is doing. If the left yeah. ta- if, if left tackle is just absolutely a hole that we think it's going to be, we're going to have to see some you know if some different personnel. Yeah, so that'd be it'd be interesting to see because I know I'm pretty confident Jesse James came from Pittsburgh. He was with Pittsburgh. I don't know if he was in other spots before that. Um, and I I recall his name, so that's a good sign that he's not just some nobody. Um, and then just the last one before I kind of get into or what you were going to say about what you're looking for was I want to see who's going to be that number three receiver that Anthony Miller Ooh. was last year. Ooh. Is it going to be Goodwin? Is it going to be Ridley if he's playing well? Or is it going to be Wims? Who is going to be that third I mean, guy? All of Chicago's <laughs> will have a semi-chub if it's if it's Riley Ridley because Riley Ridley is that is that secret like, hey, you know, everyone's super excited about him. Ooh, my man. Crack. Yeah, Let's go. cheers, Troy. Cheers. Brother-in-law dropped off a beer for the podcast. Woo-wee. You want anything? To, you got to say anything, Troy? Just no, I got nothing to add this week. I think you guys uh, probably summed it up pretty well so far. You always do. Oh, thank Keep you. Yeah. No, number one fan right there. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know what I'll it'll be it'll be nuts because like I said, everyone's looking at that offensive line, but it it it'll, I mean we're really this is a big game, a big preseason game because obviously we're we care about that we don't even care about the starting quarterback. We care about the behind. Then our offensive line throughout the game, you're gonna look at this offensive line going. Well, some of these guys might play. Some of these guys <laughs> yeah. might. Start. Some of these guys might start. I mean, Nagy's super into Larry uh, Baram. Yeah, for the Missouri. Uh, yeah, and he might like have to play. He might have to be the left tackle. So, like, let's see it. Like, let's let's see what we got. And so, any of these guys, if you can show up, like, I would love to see Eddie Goldman play. I think he's out though. But man, oh man especially with what I've heard about in practice, about how these uh, Dolphins are kind of torching us a little bit. I want to see what the second cornerback's going to do and anybody, any cor- any DBs, let me see what you got. Yeah, Trufant or Shelly. We saw or... the, yeah, we saw Vildor it last season. We saw Shelly last season. We saw a little bit of Dion uh, Bush. But let's see what we got. Let's see what we got with some of these young guys that we got for sure because th- that's going to be the key if – if the Bears are going to go anywhere, not this year, but the year after, it's going to be, did we hit on any of these DBs? For sure, because especially when you don't re-sign someone like Kyle Fuller, it just, you know, you have to have someone come up and not necessarily play to his level or caliber right away, but just, you know, you have someone for the future where you're saying, okay, I don't feel as bad letting Kyle Fuller go knowing I have X, Y, or Z filling his place in the future. Um Another another thing that just from the kind of talk the tweets and like the his performance at training camp is I want to see what uh, Alec Ogletree looks like in the preseason because he's got six seven picks at training camp or something like that and everyone's and raving, raving about Rohan him. And Smith is hurt, so yeah, we definitely want to see Ogletree. And then I, I want to see that other guy. I cannot pronounce his last name. It starts with the I. It's I I I or whatever. That guy's a huge human being. He got to get in a little bit, and I he it seems like if I look at this depth chart, he's behind Roquan. So I, we need to see that. We need to see Ogletree. We need to see this. Like, who's going to step up and be uh, a Kwiatkowski? Because we're going to need it. Linebackers get hurt. Trevathan's older, oh. but he yeah. But like, we need to see what's going on for sure. So this is going to be a pretty interesting preseason battle for sure. All right, Jack, before we get into who you are uh, looking to see, what yeah. position battles or um, just what are you looking looking for in this first preseason game, uh, what, what were the eyebrows like? Actually, he looked nothing like his photo, um, and he is 21 years old. Did you I ask him? You asked him. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> dude, I was you look like, like you're yeah. seven years old. How old I, are you? I, I asked him. I was like, dude, how old are you? Like, are you allowed to be doing this? And he goes, I'm 21. He starts laughing. He goes, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm young. I look young. I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm just busting your chops. Thanks, man. But yeah, super young looking. 21 years old. I yeah, thought he, he was 13. He yeah. must have. He must have just flew from Five Guys to your apartment. He got here pretty quick, man. I'm Humidity sorry. doesn't scare that man. No. no. Well, Jason he was wearing a hoodie. He was wearing a hoodie. <laughs> well. Those, it is disgusting out there. This right new now. this new breed of Gen Z is that what they are? They, they're they're something else. Something they, else. They don't drink beer and they just wear hoodies. They, they, and... don't, they don't drink. What's what is this? What? Well, that, they, no, they they drink seltzer uh, seltzer beer, dude. Well, oh, they don't. I mean, 
They don't, don't have- do that. Gen Z is like not drinking craft beer or beer like as much beer as in general, and they're not getting their license. Like when they turn 16, they're just kind of chilling. Smart. Really. They're smart. Yeah. So, and wearing hoodies and heat index of 100. So. Yeah, yeah. He was wearing a hoodie, and I'm like, dude, it's like still hot out. Like I was outside for like a minute or two waiting for my order. And I was like, man, I'm uncomfortable out here. And I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Gen Z, they're cold-blooded, dude. They're, they're, I they're mean, reptiles. not only... They're not reptiles. only, not only they're, they're cold-blooded <laughs> in actuality. And then on social media, they'll oh, ruin your they existence. <laughs> we we so. won't talk about social media in this podcast. But I 100% agree with that. Uh, they ruthless. are ruthless on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Hysterical, but ruthless. Well, Jackson, we had mentioned in uh, we highlighted we highlighted that Kevin wanted to see like that third wide receiver spot, a little bit the linebacker. Yeah. I said DBs are going to be a big thing for me. I don't know who who's showing up, but obviously, you know, we we had thought and we kind of joked saying like this is probably like our dad's biggest game because the big highlights on the offensive line is in whole this whole preseason game. Yeah, obviously the offensive line is probably be highlighted the most. Um, just some freak injuries with Jenkins. I mean, he hasn't even played. He hasn't even fucking practiced. Bowman is gets Tariq hurt. Cohen gonna play? I I have not even heard his name really. That's, on I haven't either. At all. So then, you know what'd be interesting for me? Then I would love to see if we're not gonna see Damian Montgomery. Lee, well, nice. yes, my, if we're not gonna see Montgomery in the field with Fields, would love to see a Williams. See what he could do with like a guy who catch like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the I like the backup linebacker position. Um, you know, I walked in on the conversation like you need that Nick Kwiatkowski, hundred percent true. Because I mean, Trevathan's old. I mean, the problem is like Ogletree is he's not a spring chicken himself, but you need someone who can obviously give you downs when Roquan or Danny come out for a play. Yeah, Would and he- he's he's been doing well in the pre- in the training camp with his six yeah. or seven interceptions. So you never know. It's is there yeah. any is there any starter starter that if they're if let's say the starters are gonna play one two series right is there any one of those starters uh, on both sides of the ball that you'd be like they need more time they I have I have a guy I want to see play way more and it's not gonna happen I want to see Eddie Jackson play more because guy needs to get his angles back and he's got to learn how to form tackle. Oh God! Watching him tackles like watching a guy get out of like a stretch, like a stray jacket. He just like tries to like body people. I think I'd probably say Jalen Johnson just just to give more reps because um, he's going to be our number one corner. I'd like to see him go against top wide receiver talent. I know the preseason is going to be harder. You never know who's going to be guarding who, but I just think that. Different doing covering routes and pads. Yeah, and him, he got hurt at the end of last season, if I recall correctly. So yeah, yeah, he was banged up. So just to get him more reps to see what he can do against those top guys, I think that'll be beneficial for him. And I'd want to, I, I really want to see Marquise Goodwin out there quite a bit, just to that, see if he can that be was, that the third. Can, can he be a can he be a burner? You know, what I mean, we we've always gone on these guys that. You know, the Taylor Gabriels, the stuff, you know, the guys like, oh, these are going to be our burners, but we never, we can never throw the deep ball. So. Yeah. Now, if he, you know, if Fields is playing the way that he has in training camp, we got a guy who can throw the deep ball. So. 
you know, that's it's good. It'd be good to have. Any others? Any other preseason things that we want to I talk think, about? I or think maybe before Gibson we wrap it that up. Gibson with me. I Ooh. want to see another good safety. I mean, he was second, good last year. He is, but I think he needs to get a little bit better. And obviously, if Jackson continues to, those you know, two need to lead the, this young corner uh, like core that we're gonna have. So those guys need to be the lockdowns. Right. And if Jackson cha- he changed his number, so like that just to me makes me think yeah. he's got He's got to play better than. He did I, I mean, I, absolutely. What do you guys feel about these single digits or? The I was I was watching I was watching Hard Knocks and they're the, Micah Parsons on there number eleven and I'm like number that, eleven that was this his, guy's that's his college number that's yeah wore Penn State like, and I get I, I, I get that, that but I'm like dude you're like 270 pounds you should not be number eleven it doesn't look right like when I think linebackers I think 50s and 60s like that's how it should be call me old school but. yeah my, my old school take on that is like if they, that just makes it makes me think that they it's about them. they don't care about team as much because it's like oh I don't care what number you give me I'll just I'm gonna play hard regardless but now oh I'm back to my number four look at me I'm Eddie Jackson I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be the guy Alabama I'm gonna be the the player my rookie season who had five interceptions or whatever it is where it just seems like. Eh, like, why do you want to make it about you changing your number if you're still going to either be injured or not be a good tackler? It just, just doesn't sit right with me. Just stick with the number you got. Who cares if you're not a single-digit number? I feel the same way. But, you know, that's the times they are changing. I was going to add one thing about weird. something I want to see in uh, the preseason game is I hope that uh, when Nick Foles gets in there, I hope he balls out so he gets traded for whatever we get for him. I, I was going to ask that. Like, like, like a Coke machine? Uh, or like a laundry machine? Yeah. or huh. I I think that I either want one of the two extremes. I either want him just balling out for you, like what you mentioned, or just to be just terrible. Like, and <laughs> just got awful. <laughs> no middle ground. I want to see just <laughs> Nick Foles. Well, and right. you know what the thing is too, he'll probably he probably will ball out just because this is be, this is just another thing that would happen with him where he hasn't played for a while and it's kind of people forgot about him a little bit, and then he'll come in and he'll have like four touchdowns in this yeah, preseason game. Yeah, and then game. Bear fans are going to be like, he should be the starter. <laughs> yeah, oh, Colts fans no. are like, see, we should please get this no. guy or, yeah. Anyway, I will say this: Nick Foles working with the third team is good for the third team because then you actually get like professional like reps with a, a quarterback, you know, but yeah. yeah. Well, I, we have a lot of bear news and that's the good thing with it being preseason and that we're actually, you know, getting close to the season here. First and foremost, cause it kind of leads into what we'll talk about in our power rankings. I mean, Kev, you, you were the one who put this right in the group chat, the, the Justin Fields hill runs. Can you explain that for our listeners who don't know what the heck we're talking about? All right, so I guess this there there are these hills at Hallis Hall, and the whole they kind of got their infamy from Walter Payton running these hills up and down, up and down, and we all know the greatness of Walter Payton. So I I don't know if they call it like Walter Payton Hill or if they just refer it to as the hill that Walter Payton ran up. Um, But anyway, 
after practice, Justin Fields is seen running those same hills where sweetness would go up and down. And just that innate meatball Bears fan, when I when I saw that tweet or that article wherever I, I initially uh, looked at it, I just it just got my heart pounding. Got me a little, you know, blood flowing in all places, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, so just, the actual hill that Peyton ran up is now like a hospital in Barrington. But they did create hills outside of Hallis Hall, and they named them like Peyton's Hill or something like that. So, so it is I, like an homage to him. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I know what Tim. It got you good. So, Jackson, I'm sure you feel the same way. But uh, I don't know. What What are you guys thinking about this? Does he know it's, what he's doing? Does he know? It's symbolic, he's doing? I guess. Did he? Does he do this like because he researched it and he's doing it, or is he just doing this? He absolutely knows that it's going to get fans like us and majority of Bears fans hyped. Um, I don't know. I, I think he plays into it, but he it's not like he needs to do that to like get people over. It's not like he is someone who has really underperformed at training camps. So he's like, I got to run these hills to, you know. He's already got swag. Yeah, he's yeah. already got swag. I, I mean, it's and sorry, man. Like that's just the dude's got swag. Like he's, and, and he's already he's already like. I mean, I'm doing my hand motion on Skype so no one can see this. Yeah. But <laughs> if he's here, just based off his talent and his leadership and everything we're hearing about, and he does the the hills to show off to Bears fans. I mean, he's just styling at this point. And I'm just, I'm just swoon. I'm ready to pass out. Ooh. Yeah. He is he is whining and dining me, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's symbolic. I, I will say that. And I think that's what bear fans like is like any homage to the past. Bear fans are like, oh, he's just our guy now. And, um, and especially because we've had podcasts in the, it, like in our previous podcast, we're saying how, you know, we want it doesn't matter to be in the cold weather or this or that or whatever. Cause like the new age doesn't care about these old school, like eighties bears things. But then here goes Justin Fields just going, you know what? I'm going to do my research and just show you, you know? So, well, yeah. And I think he, he absolutely knows cause he is a smart guy, smart person, not just football smart, but just seems generally together with it that he knows he can be a, a God in this city. An absolute god if he is the best quarterback we've ever seen, wins a he, Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls, or is just a, a an all pro throughout his entire career, he will be beloved in the city forever. And that will be like kind of the start of, you know, we knew that he was going to be something special because he was doing those hills during training camp oh, as, a, as we, a rookie. We talk about Cubs and Sox in this podcast a lot, but if you're if you if you can be the first good quarterback we get we get you're a god. And then if you could be that, if you can get to that Derrick Rose level on the Bulls, like you're a god too. So like, Derrick Rose, as, no, he yeah. he'd be a Jordan. He'd be yeah, a Jordan. I, I get that. That's but I, yeah. I don't want to compare anyone to. I don't want to compare anyone to that. But I'm just saying like we we you know we we lean towards baseball in this podcast a little bit. But like man, if you could be good in those two sports, even though they even though they especially the Bulls don't get a love sometimes, man, you're just going to, you're going to find success. You're going to get advertisements. You're going to, I mean, you're set. Yeah. He's, he's, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. It's just, he's the, in my opinion, from the, just from what I've seen of highlights at college and training camp and things like that, he's, he has like the possibility to be the, the whole package when it comes to, you know, athlete on the field, 
you know, someone who you want as a uh, brand representative for whoever Nike or you know, Giordano's Pizza. He just has he his his limits are endless when it comes to his the position of quarterback at Chicago if he can produce. So, oh, hundred percent. I mean, if shit, if he goes to three Pro Bowls, they might just name a fucking they might just name the city after him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Waukegan, it's going to be you no know, Justinville. I don't know. Yeah, Field Town. All right. Well, we mentioned a little bit of the already calling plays by Jackson. So we saw some interesting fellas at the Bears camp this week, and that was Doug Peterson and Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith is already now signed for ESPN. Is that right? Yeah, signed it today. Good for him. Uh, But Doug Peterson, would you be against the Bears taking him on as a consultant? I mean, he's been in the playoffs before. He's won a Super Bowl. He's beaten Matt Nagy. He knows Nagy. Um, I mean, it's just another eye, you know, who can study film. It's not like he's a – I don't think he's a terrible, terrible coach. I mean, you win a Super Bowl, and that's something you can brag about for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have a problem with it. I mean, he seems like a McCarthy to me that's just going to take a year off, and then someone's going to take a flyer on him. 100%. Yeah, I think yeah. someone will pick him up. <laughs> you know, and I think that – I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to having him as I wouldn't have him as part of the staff per se like hire him as yeah, I whatever either. coach but as a consultant you know just kind of look over him and Nagy your buddies they know each other or whatever but I feel like people wrote him off so much in Philadelphia but I most of that I just I mean I'm not a Eagles keep too much of a close eye on that but just that organization is such a clusterfuck of between management and the quarterback situation with Wentz and Hurts and then the receivers couldn't catch anything and how are you expecting a coach to produce wins when you have all that going on in the background so you know I don't I think people especially in football where you have a lot of coaches that are like like no nonsense you know what I mean where it seems yeah. like these NBA coaches and stuff are all like kind of have to be for the players and stuff but you have a lot of NBA coaches that can be old school you know like I mean, look at Bill Belichick. Like, I mean, he's just—he was never going to change at the times. You know what I mean? And, and so. you know, like you said, he has a Super Bowl, and players respect hardware. So he comes in there with a Super Bowl ring as the head coach, where he's not. Yeah. No one questioned him being like he's—he just stumbled into a Super Bowl. He, you know, he had to actually coach and had to prepare his players and all that. So I think he's got the respect of people. You know, if he says, hey, yeah, I have this It's not like he won a Super Bowl 25 years ago either. It's like he won a Super Bowl, you know, five yeah. five years ago. You know, it's it's fairly recent. I would, yeah. yeah, I think the general consensus with all of us is that he, as a consultant, sure, but why not? No, you know, Yeah, no it's harm, a little, no little late, a little there, late in the game to be on staff. Yeah. All right. What's the last thing that we do? We we already went over position battles, so yeah, the last part for. I, we have the unlikely stars, right, and kind of some preseason moments. Do you want to kind of touch on this, Jack? Did you put this on there? Yeah. So I was thinking, who do we think could have a someone who can have an impact on the season that maybe we overlooked, or maybe like they have a breakout year. Who is someone I, or, or someone to take that next step? And I'll go first. I actually think Robert Quinn is going to have a decent year. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, sure where he so. was, where he was three, four <laughs> years ago. The, but I think, the money I think, him. 
yeah, I think he'll have a decent year. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but that that's going to be my guy to look out for. And a guy who I'm kind of secretly rooting for is, is Robert Quinn, because we need another pass rusher. I don't know if it's unlikely. I just feel like it's a second-year tight end. I think Cole Komet's going to come into his own this year. With Dalton and or Fields thrown to him, I think that that's a big, big, big person. I mean, I've been high on a lot of things, but I, I feel like this question's unlikely star, so I don't really want to – I guess I want to rescind Cole Komet because he's a starter, right? I think we're looking for guys that aren't starters. So I think even more important is – now that we've said that now that it looks like Vildor and Shelly are going to be this nickel and cornerback, those are some guys I need. I need one of those two yeah. guys who sh- who played a little bit, and and we looked at them last year at the end of games or end of the season going, oh, these are like young guys. It doesn't matter if they're getting torched right now, blah, blah, blah. Why, why not? Hopefully one of them just were studying film and stuff and know how to get some oily hips and all this crap. Get out there and 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 – really get get your money's worth go get go get yourself paid like show up let's let's go yeah see some pe- let's get some peanut punches or something out of these cornerbacks um i guess get some turnovers uh, yeah i mean just going from the, that one year three years ago i believe where we had we led the league in turnovers and it was just like every time every time the defense was on the field they were either getting a hand on the ball or turn it over to like the next two seasons where it's been you're like expecting it, like, oh yeah, we're gonna have this great defense with can force turnovers, but it's just never really been there. So I, I agree on that uh, sentiment. But I, I just I've said it a couple times, but I, that's just that third wide receiver. You know, which one of those guys is gonna come out, come out and have the ability to produce? Is it gonna be a Ridley, a Wims? Is it gonna be a Goodwin or some or Newsom or some guy I've never even heard of? So just this that wide receiver that can give you know either a deep threat or just be reliable on the field as a third third wide receiver. And then just kind of the last thing before we get into some baseball news. Are there any preseason moments that stand out uh, with you guys from the past Bears, Bears uh, preseason years? Um, one one that stands out for me is a player that I, I think we maybe we all thought or a lot of Bears fans thought was going to be uh, really good or have the possibility possibility to be really good based off of one humongous hit in the preseason. That's that John Bostic hit against San Diego or yeah, Los we Angeles. Watched, we watched it in our college apartment, and we're like, we got to buy a jersey. Tim, I think your that, dad my bought dad a jersey bought because a, of that play. He, he bought a John Bostic jersey I mean, because of that play. Absolutely. We will all remember that huge hit. It was a penalty. It wasn't a penalty, but it, they called it a penalty just because of how humongous that hit was. That's that's something that stood out to me. And then another one was um, Cam Meredith getting injured in the preseason. Just oh, co- man, that looked was like he was He looked like he was that that guy who came, came out of nowhere, Illinois State Redbird yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so, and just kind of a guy that we could have on the team that showed a lot of uh, potential. And then he tears his ACL in the preseason and – you never hear from him again, so. I just don't think that I've been more excited for a preseason in, like, the last, like, five, six years. Like, no. I, mean, I don't think I was more excited. Because, I mean, even preseason was a little bit, even just a little bit different. 
when Trubisky got added, you know, and like we still oh, the had hype, the hype was unreal with Trubisky. Yeah, but we we still had like we still had a guy that we had never seen throw either, you know, in Glennon, right. even though we knew it was not, so like I, you were you were hyped, but it was still and I I think I was you know something I was doing some shit around the you know around that time and I was like ah preseason you know I don't know I haven't been excited this excited for preseason I feel like but again. I feel like you could probably say this. I could say this every year, just because I'm just excited for football, man. I I have a preseason memory, so I went. To, I've gone to a few preseason games, like when I was a kid, because you know it's a little bit cheaper. Um, and we went one time. Me and my dad went with Andrew and his dad, our buddy Andrew, and we saw the Bears play the Bengals, and I got a foam bear claw that I think I still have actually, and. I'll never forget the game. The Bears won in the overtime, I think. But Danny Werfel, great Florida quarterback back in the day, threw an interception with like a minute left in the game. The guy looks like he's going to run in for a touchdown, and Danny Werfel tackles him. The guy fumbles the ball, and Danny recovers the fumble to, like, you know, to go into overtime, and the Bears won right there. That's my favorite preseason <laughs> memory. And you were there live to see it. The greatest, the greatest tackle by a quarterback in preseason history, Danny Werfel, Bears legend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so uh, are we going to move on to some baseball action? Absolutely. Unfortunately. So I don't know if you, you two were paying attention to the, the weekend series, but there was a little sweep that went on between that was a beat two down. Chicago baseball that teams in town. Beat down. That was a beat down. Yeah, you're, you're, you're underplaying it. You're underplaying it. You could absolutely just be yeah, dancing but, on our graves right now. You know, I, I know the direction your team is going, and that we've been there. The Sox have been there when I say we. So I'm not, not trying, like, I'm not I don't to think, rub it in. I don't think much. not like this. This, has been, this is just completely given yeah. up. They yeah. are 10 just, and they are ten and thirty-three since the no-hitter in Los Angeles. Well, ten and, and thirty-three. Again, there was a point in this year, this season, this year, where you looked at this series and and were like, "Man, this is going to be a good series." In May, when the Cubs were like, you know, figured it out. Late May, early June, when the Cubs were like, "Oh, okay, we're for whatever reason our bullpen's awesome." And I mean, go back on this podcast, go back on this podcast, episode yeah, one, on two, three, and we. Can- and you'll hear Jackson and I go, man, if you if, if we get six innings, we're winning the game. And, dude, now it's just miserable. Now it's, so. now it's just ended. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, the Sox showed a lot of resi- resiliency on that Friday game. Um, I was surprised the Cubs were even able to come back. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday were just – I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. I think – the White Sox series was a lot better than the ones that we just faced the Brewers. The Brewers just lit Wrigley on fire. Yeah. Yeah, just to kind of go back, just go my perspective of the um, of the Cubs Sox series. It was kind of interesting that there was like three completely different types of games where yeah. I'm sure if you were just on the, an outsider looking at this, knowing where the two teams are at, you would have expected it to be three blowout games or three just socks win pretty comfortably but there was like a the extra innings win there was a 
semi-pitching duel early until the Sox won for nothing, and then there was a blowout. So there's really three different types of games going on in, in the series. Um, and I mean, both teams, both teams will show up. I think obviously the Cubs probably just exhausted themselves on that Friday game. But I mean, this is a series where I, I can't tell you how many times like the Cubs have been the better team. They have a better record. They should win the series and the White Sox will take two out of three or a possible sweep. Like, you know, like both sides will show up for it. Usually, obviously, this wasn't the case this past week, but. You know, and that's what makes the Cubs-Sox rivalry, oh, I think, the best interleague rivalry in baseball. I know, like, there's the Mets and the Yankees, but, you know, what, the Sox have, like, only, like, a five-game lead now after this series? Uh, it was two. Now it's, you know, five. Um, but, I mean, I tell you what, that lineup is scary. The White Sox lineup is, oof. That's and they're getting, and they reloaded. It's like they, I mean, you, you made trade. you yeah, you made trades without making trades. Oh, Eloy's back. Oh, Luis Roberts back. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh no, Fondell's gonna come back. And uh, what's and, just, and and Caesar Hernandez is hitting well. And they're winning yeah, it right now. Yeah, they're running right now, seven four going into the ninth, I believe, or going to the bottom of the eighth. Excuse me. But, but it it was it's, it was funny to see that when in the first game when Kimbrel comes in, he he has a this sub one ERA or whatever it is. And then he comes in and gives up a home run against oh, some guy. That Twindle, I think it was who I didn't even know he was. I, I had no person. idea who that guy was. But I thought, so that I thought he, I thought he must've won a contest in the bleachers to play for the Cubs. Or was that like his make a wish thing? He could be in the Cubs lineup for a game. Well, I, well, he, he must have surprised him enough to get him in the, the next game and the next game and the next game. Um, but, but so yeah, there was that the Kimbrel thing happened, and then obviously they, the Sox won uh, in extra innings. But the other thing is that the the Quintana trade just keeps coming back, and oh yeah, every time he rear, does something, rearing its ugly head. An Eloy multiple home run game, and then you have Cease with ten strikeouts. It's just that deal. Just you know, I don't want to keep bringing up old old uh, wounds, but. Eloy and Cease, they always, Eloy especially, always seems to perform against the Cubs. He just moonshots. Fingers against you. <laughs> just out of the zone, high fastballs out of the zone. He's just pulling the bleachers. And that, that just seems, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, while, um, which, while, I mean, while I love that Kev put on here. Like stuff. I mean, I know it was probably Kev about hey uh, things to look forward to for the Cubs and the agenda. No, I and, actually put that. I uh, actually put that. Yeah. I was gonna say if, if Kev did this, if, God bless him. Yeah, uh, I actually, but, I actually put that. Then and I'm, now I'm, it's I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you. Um, I, I I'm gonna tell you uh, this. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want. I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Seeing young guys play now, I don't want to see Hendricks going for 20 wins because he got uh, blown he got up. Yeah. It it's just it's terrible. It's awful. It's just it, it, I mean this has been probably the worst. I you said with this Brewers after the Brewers like the Sox are like okay they're gonna whoop us, but then it's just like this Brewers. I mean we're getting torched, dude. Like it's not even like nobody wants. And then after the whole Arietta shit and all that, like I'm I'm. 
I'm just done with it for this week. Like, I need to see someone come up and want to play. Like, it doesn't I, I will say like... this. I am so glad I'm out of market, so I can't get the games. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I know, I don't want to be, like I said, I, I just put that on there just kind of to start a, a dialogue about the Cubs. Um, I, I mean, the, the one, the one. The one thing I want to ask about the Cubs is just kind of about your future. Not so much about these young guys, because we don't really know too much, and it's kind of hard to really put that into perspective. But it is hopefully Contreras is kind of stick around for you guys just cause to have that kind of building block. But what is what is Ian's Hap, Ian Hap's role? Is this guy part of your future? Striking out. That's his role. Striking out. He should have been gone after 2018, 2019. I mean... I like Ian. He seems like a cool dude, but God damn, does he strike out? He's a very cool dude, and that's the worst part about it. It's like he's like a he's like the Trubisky on the Cubs, like flashes of greatness, but and and a cool and a cool dude, but what I would I, give for him to bat over two fifty, just like for a season, like that would be a milestone for him. But I will tell you this, who did love more than anything of the Cubs sweep is Sox Twitter. Sox Twitter is the most ridiculous thing. I mean, why wouldn't you be? I would be. I, I, I mean, but it's not even it's not even before the series like Sox yeah. Twitter is like because we have a lot of Sox fan followers and we have Cub fan followers on our page. But the Sox fans, it's like a roller coaster of emotions, and it's it's hysterical and very funny. It is the most extreme thing. You know, I don't really see it much more different than any other sports Twitter, Reddit, where it's just you're going to have these just completely radical fans where if something goes wrong, you know, the sky is falling. Or if something, you know, if something's glaringly obvious that needs to be changed, they're going to say, no, you got to stick with it. You know, you got to back our guys regardless. So it's just, I think just the fact that because the Sox are doing so well that we're seeing a lot of that on Twitter. But oh, they're, 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 they're loud about it. They're, and, and rightfully the one so. Thing, the one thing I will say that Sox Twitter that I've noticed they need to kind of cool their jets about is just like let Yon Mankata just get out of the slump. They're ready to send this guy off. He's a co- part, core part of this team. So yeah. just, I don't Mikata, know why. The, the Johan stuff is is very up and down. And, like, he did have a good weekend against the Cubs. But I what he's, he was, like, 0 for 21 for something like that. Yeah, he's, he's a streaky player. And I, I want to say June, yeah. he, he was our best hitter, which got, he got us, you know, our some wins. But now that he's in a slump, then people are ready to fire sale. And, like, oh, he's got to go. He's got to be benched. Yeah, I, I don't get them on Cod. Like, I think – I don't think he'll be like a hall of fame type of player, but I think he's going to be, you know, very serviceable for years, but like I would not jump off the bridge if he struggles. Like, I, would, I, I, I don't think he's no, it's I would, I would say that this, like the way that Sox Twitter is right now loud and like these kind of dumb, bold, like bold tweets coming from these, these fans are kind of similar 
to like Cubs Twitter or Cubs Reddit at the time when KB was like slumping and David Bodie was hitting. Oh my like, god, we don't, that was we don't need Bo- we don't need KB. Bodie's our guy, and then now you have Bodie and KB's not your guy anymore, and now you yeah, see you what got, that, got, so. yeah. That was I remember that argument, and I mean David Bodie's a nice guy. Today's actually the anniversary of the Ultimate Grand Slam walk off. Kev was in town that week. We watched. I was, yeah. Game. I remember getting home. I was actually on a date that night and I came home and my roommate Lenny was up and so you didn't score, but David Bodie did, huh? David (laughs) Bodie did. Um, But we both are both of our phones went off at the exact same time and, you know, we're streaming the game. So there's always, you know, that 30 second delay and like, well, either he strikes out here or he hits a home run. And then right when he hit him, like that ball's gone. But I think one, I think the Sox, uh, looking at their schedule, you know, this is a big two weeks they have. And obviously they're taking care of business with the Yankees right now. Well, you have them listed here. What, who are they playing next? So they, they played the Twins. They lost two out of three to the Twins, which I had nice. a feeling that was going to happen. I had a feeling that was going to happen because, like, you kind get of like a, a come down. I guess, three, yeah, come to Jesus bowl. moment a little bit. It's one of those like, things where you realize baseball is baseball. You know? it's, a, you're, it's a trap series. Good teams are going to lose it, it, series. That's what happens. It's the, it's the series that's sandwiched in between the rivalry series, even though it's and the Yankees. teams are, are at where they're at, and the uh, Field of Dreams game slash it's the Yankees. So it's kind of yeah. it's a, a letdown series. series and, like, you know? it, and, and, like, definitely, like, it plays into, like, talking points. Like, we've talked about, like, what are the White Sox struggles is, like, okay, yes, this is a team that can mash the ball, but they are better. They're, they score most of their runs not on home run balls. Um, they do have a hard time with tight games on the road and they're not good on the road in general. So it's just like, shit, like check, check, check. Um, but I mean, like, obviously I think it was just a trap series. I mean, the white Sox, they're, they're fine. Um, I think definitely they need to take two out of three from the Yankees. Um, if they can play well against the A's and the blue Jays and the red Sox, I think you're going to see a lot more love from them if they struggle against these teams or if they lose all the series or look bad or injuries, I think it could be ominous for what the postseason could be. Yeah. And they're going to have to readjust and it's all going to be about playoff formatting who they get that first round. For sure. That is nuts in August to play four potential playoff teams. That's the big knock on the white Sox right now. It's just, they haven't played anybody yet and that that's not their fault it's not their they fault the astros and the, the race so far and they, they won have one like, of those. they they yeah they beat they beat the astros in a series at no, i thought they beat the rays didn't, didn't the astros come in and take their lunch they they got swept by the astros in houston and in then houston. i believe ah. then i think houston i don't know if they came to, i think they came to chicago yeah they, yeah that's what the floating yeah, the came to Chicago. We beat them two out of three. We beat the Rays two out of three. We won that series too, but it was at home. So, yeah. um, they're all except for the Yankees and the A's. The Rays and the Jays are both on the road, so that'll be that'll be tough. Um, I would just like to see the Sox win at least half of the games against these good teams, just so it's not the skies falling. Where Sox or, fans are going to or it's a or it's a dynasty coming after us. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you could, if if you could get, uh, we want the Sox. Me, when I say we, Sox fans want to win every series, but 
bare minimum, if you split the series, that's the baseball. Days, yeah, <laughs> that's you can't ask for anything yeah. more. If they win, if they get, uh, if they win half and then lose half, I'll be okay with that. In this uh, tough guys rule, and then at that point, you got to go to. That's when you finish the season, then on to playoffs. So yeah, this is last shit. I definitely think that this, this is Clint the uh, home field, and this is the that. marker. This is the this is you know the midterm exam for the White Sox is these next two weeks. It's kind of nice that it's happening now rather than at the beginning of the season, where yeah, you know, if if you play these tough teams in May, then it's like oh yeah, or, we played this team four months ago, or but now the, it's oh we just played the, them a month ago. Or at the very end, and you're fighting for a playoff spot, you know. Exactly. It's yeah. This is kind of it's kind of a good it's kind of a good spot. They'll find yeah, a way though. Good. They played they played real well last year in in the Heat. I mean, it's it's starting to get. I mean, it's still August in Chicago. They'll they'll be they'll I think they'll be fine. Yeah, pitching pitching plays, and a, a lot of these teams don't have the pitching the Sox do. Yankees, A's, Rays, Jays. We no, are the best don't. best pitchers. Yeah, best best pitchers out of that group. So, I'm I'm not too worried. Ask me again when we're finishing the series against the Jays. If we're if we lost every series, then maybe my opinion's a little different. Um, so I, that's kind of the the finishing touch on the Sox. But there's some news about the Cubs and a uh, certain sports book that is opening at Wrigley in the near future. There's there's a sports book that's being approved for Wrigley, and you know what, Kev? Fuck it. Fuck this shit! You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna say that you're poor. You're gonna say that you're gonna give away Darvish for pennies and teenagers, and then you're gonna build a sports book in Wrigley. Like, it's just a bad time to announce this. Yeah, it's a, re- it's what, a really bad they time. They announced it a few days after the the trade. It, it it's not good. It's not good optics. I get uh, that. I, like I get the, that you gotta announce it, and there's probably things, and they just felt like ripped the bandaid off, like they've pretty much done this whole season. But God, you couldn't have waited. Like, I, I feel like time, like timing, of, like timing and like getting things done at, at certain. They're not good at it. Marks. No, not they're good not at good at. No. Yeah. They're just. No. Yeah. I, I don't know who's in charge of uh, public engagement over there, but it's not good. No. Well, and, I, and you know that that I, I don't want to say the social media team, but whoever's telling the social media team, whether it's the Ricketts or whoever, they're like high five in the background saying, yeah, like people are going to be pumped that we're opening up the sports book when it's no, like, are no, right we now. just, no, we it, don't. On the hey, I'll, I'll, I'll make money betting against the Cubs. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, take hey, the Reds. I'll... I'll take the Reds plus four over the Cubs. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't, I can't name more than three guys on the field for my I favorite team, that. but Hey, I can, I can put a bet on if you know the Diamondbacks are playing the Giants. Woohoo. I don't know. I just... Here's the thing, and we, we kind of touched on this a little bit last week, and we wanted to talk about it this week. It's like, what is ownership's responsibility for a rebuild or a retool? Because I'll be honest, if you're a big market team like the Chicago Cubs are, and you, you should have, never rebuild, you should, you should never, you should always be a retool. Obviously, you still want to develop people in the minors and draft well and have good value trades. Yes, and absolutely. And the Dodgers retool, they never rebuild. Yeah. Exactly. And like all of a sudden, Tom Ricketts decides to be we're going to be this low market team playing playing. Oh, we're we're the we're the Tampa Bay Rays. It's like, dude, no, 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 no. We already got we already got rid of Madden. Like what's going on? (laughs) Come on here. Come on here. 
like, I don't what get the, it. It's like, what the fuck is this? And, and, then, and, 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 and this don't might tell be... me. And don't tell me that we're poor or you didn't make money because every team except for one team last year made money. And the like, Cubs will always make money. It is such a crock. Yeah, it's terrible. And the, and the worst is like you, you we want to ask, okay, where is this going to be? And you, and I know it was a joke a little bit in the in the group chat there, Kev. But like, it, it, you're I mean this week and this is a complete overreaction just because we just I mean it's been you know six games or whatever, but this week has felt way, way more like, wow, this is a four or five year rebuild than a two year rebuild. You know what I mean? And again, they can do it. It can happen. They can spend the money and retool, but man, it just feels right now. Like you're just like, wow, uh, it's going to be a while here. I, you know, I just turned 30 and it might be 35 by the time I see this team good again. And I'm like, that's like, that sucks. But the only thing good about it. Yeah. The only thing good about it is I live right by the White Sox spring training stadium. So at least, at least when the, like, I'll be super excited when the Cubs, like this will be the, the last couple of years I haven't really wanted to go into spring training. Cause it's like, we have no farm. Now it's like, it's all about the farm. So spring training, I'm more excited for than the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, it's really just trying to see it through a Cubs fan perspective. It's yeah, really Cubs, hard. Cubs Twitter is pissed right now. I had so yeah. much fun in 2017 watching Ian Happ and Eloy going, man, these guys are going to be good, you know, and telling Jen that my wife, oh, these guys are going to be good. These guys, they're going to be great. And while one of them's not on our team, the other one just turned to be booty. But at least, like, you know, there, there is some there light at the end of the tunnel. Some a guy that we got from the Giants is mashing, and you know, like guys are pitching well. And I get that, but like, in the it's end of the day, it's hard to see the finish line. Yeah, it's hard to see. Farm is farm. How do you, prospects are how prospects. How do you just not go after the biggest free agents? Like, I, I'm tired of this bullshit. I don't we want. I, we can't. We like, can't have this discussion until winter. You know. You but know. I agree with you. In this top rickets, like, here's the thing. Ownership does owe it to the Cubs. You sp- you made the ballpark look great. You made the neighborhood look great. And then you just say, ah, oh, fuck the players. That's why people go to the games. That's why people buy the jerseys and the T-shirts, because they want to see the players. Just see the reaction of the, of the fans when the Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant left. They were, like, visibly and just upset that they left. They... They are like keeping track of Bryant on the Dodgers and Baez on the Mets, and I know he's hurt and Rizzo with COVID and all that. But they're keeping track of those guys because they love those players. Where it's just mean, it also does... like Nick Cassianos wanted to be here. He wanted to be here. It's like what the fuck. And I mean, and I, I know that this guy isn't. He's not gonna be your ace. But John Lester said, "Hey, I don't care what you give me. Like I want to finish my career in Chicago Cubs." And said, "Nope. See you later." We'll take Jake Arrieta back, and we'll go with. We'll be fine there. Oh no, we're gonna get rid of Jake Arrieta for you, Darvish, because that <laughs> and that that's gonna be the better play. And it was a shaky play the first year, but man, that ended up being the better play. But you know, let's take Jake back, and then we get disappointed. And I loved Jake in 2015 and 2016, but his politics aside, and all this, and the way he's pitching, good riddance. Like well, and then before, like, because I have a question about your confidence in. Um, management and the Cubs rebuild, but if you're a free agent in the offseason and you see what management has done with 
their oh, stars. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a black that, mark on you. It's a black oh, mark it's, on you. It's a red flag. It's, it's Carlos Correa right is the, I'm, I'm thinking he's the, him or Seager are probably like the biggest free agents coming and out. Rendon. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy because it flipped. That used to be what the black, that, that used to be what the, the White Sox were. That used oh, to be yeah. that that used to be what the Bulls were, but then you get rid of this and you start changing the mentality, and and I, I guess then that is a good thing going forward. It's easy to change perceptions, but yes, for one to two years, your reputation for free free agents has just been ruined. I mean, before this year, and you know, the two best teams in the NL for a, you know that five six year stretch were the you know the Dodgers and the Cubs. And you can't tell me, one, the Dodgers were still able to develop homegrown talent, but yet there's a big free agent pitcher. They went out and go got they went out and go got that pitcher. You know, they're I not mean, afraid to spend money. You will look back at it and none of the dudes that got the Cubs to win the World Series at the 108 year curse and all this, none of them got the got a huge contract to spend their twilight years in Chicago. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. Taking taking play aside, taking taking it it be the right move aside, you look at that as an agent and you and you and you look at your young player and go, well, the Cubs, I mean, what what do you got to do for them to get a to to get a, a Pujols contract? What do you got to do for them to get that contract that's like, "Hey, we're going to pay you for what you did, not so much of what you're going to do." Well, like, even these even these young guys now that you these prospects, if they turn out to be something good, are they are their man their agents saying, "Hey, look what they did with their their older or their previous young guys." For one season, and, and I mean, he's already got a ten year deal. And I mean, like, to be fair, to be fair, you shouldn't give contracts on past accomplishments. No, you should not. I'm just saying, you but know. but what it it does it does cause waves and yeah. In, no, you're right on that. No, you you are right on that and. You know, I, I will tell like this will be the last thing with the Cubs because I, you I know, it, I can't talk about it. It's just and I don't want to be that Cub like it's just it's been a complete 180 of a season. And but like, man, what is that fan fest going to be like in the winter <laughs> when Tom Ricketts gives his address? To oh, fans? there's no way they're going to. He's going to have a target on his back. Oh, up, up, Delta. No, we're not going to allow anybody there. All right, but before well, I, I, hey, I did want to ask well, one more question before before uh, we move on, just because I had it in the back of my mind. Oh, okay. You don't you don't have you don't have to go get into it. You can just give me a one word answer. Right now, the way you're thinking, what? Just give me a number, one to zero to ten or one to ten. What is your confidence in the Cubs' management to rebuild or retool this team for the future? I, I, I what do you ask? Six. Like, I say like I a mean, six. I mean that's about fair. I'm just saying like my my confidence is that it is probably at a at a zero or one for I mean, we next forget, year we or the year after. Between 2010 and 2013, they were worse then than they are now. They were. We have to do something the Cubs haven't been able to do in 15 years or whatever, however many times. They have, years, I mean, they have. They have. Pitching. They have drafted other players, which got them over the hump, and then they spent money on pitching to get them to that world series like they have done it before the two between 2010 2013 or 14 whatever it was those were the worst cub teams ever right they were worse then than they are now the problem is now it just happened so fucking quick right and it just didn't happen quick it's exploded i think they could draft well i think it shows that 
you know, this is going to obviously they're going to be more on the microscope because it's from a different place. Like the 2008, 2009 Cubs, like they probably should have started rebuilding after 2009 because like those players were older. This happened quick because Bryant Rizzo and Baez are still in their prime of their career. You got rid of them. The expectation now is to win and win every year. So they're going to be under the microscope more to develop pitching, to find a next power hitter, to find another gold glove winner. You know, that's where they have to pay more attention to. Like 2010, 2004, between that four-year stretch was like, okay, oh, he's a great player. Yeah, keep drafting. It doesn't matter. We're going to suck anyway. And, you know, we'll just keep building up those players. Now the expectation is just so much higher to win in this town. Wait a minute. Did you just see that? I just saw it. I just saw a grizzly bear right behind Jackson. Holy shit, you're right. Bear alert! This bear alert goes a shout out to my wife Jennifer. Uh, she no, she put pulled out an article for me, and it's a pretty pretty interesting one. It's about grizzly bear three nine nine. It's tagged from. Grand Teton National Park, and this grizzly bear, mama bear, uh, with her four cubs, so in a in a five bear pack, what, uh, decided to leave the park and go into the South Valley. Uh, we're talking about Wyoming, you know, kind of area. So going south, and a lot of this has to do with the heat and whatnot. But basically, this bear is pretty famous. It's kind of like a famous celebrity bear around these parts because kind of like a Bruno. Pretty much, pretty much like a Bruno, in the sense that people kind of just let this bear do what it's going to do, mainly because it was a bear that was in captivity at one point and then was allowed back. And then people thought, oh, this bear is not going to survive, you know, but it it just keeps going. So in the South Valley, just walking with this pack of four one-year-old cubs and you know, getting outside the national park, starting to eat a whole bunch of like farmer's molasses and went into a beekeeper's colony and just wiped out the entire colony. Of the <laughs> Bears like honey though. Of the Man, ba- stereotypical uh, bear. And just crazy that like the news around this area is like just the news centers. just like saying, Hey, just kind of like, this is a protected bear. So you kind of have to just let this bear be, you know, it's not like, these bears that we've seen in these past bear alerts where they like, Hey, let us know so we can like, you know, hunt it down or whatever. No, this is mama bear with her five cubs. They're protected national park bears. So this kind of happens every summer. It gets hot. Mama goes in the South Valley. They've been floating in the snake river and just kind of floating around there. They've been seeing just this mama bear of five cu- or four cubs crossing a highway. And there's pictures of this, of this just, like Can you imagine people, if he was like breaking into your garage. Yeah. Like, people, sorry, like, you gotta let him yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no, the siding <laughs> of my house is being ripped up. Yeah. Well, it's gotta she let broke, it happen. She broke into my car. <laughs> should have should have bought that bear insurance we were trying to sell you. Oh, oh man. And everyone just, just kind of saying like, don't feed her because like you know she's been getting into everything, and then obviously if you feed a bear, that's when they start getting those bad habits and all that, and just you know where they have to, but. Apparently they're just letting this bear do this thing, and they pay the the you know the national park paid that beekeeper like, hey, sorry. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad beekeeper. Here's, here's a couple of bucks like, for you. It's like here here's the, yeah here's hundred and sixty seven dollars. I should cover all the bees. I don't that know sucks. what bees were. 
Jen's family has a like a, knows a beekeeper out in Yuma, so we get some money from him. The guy's got some great honey. Oh, I'm sure it's a couple thousand bucks, man. Ah, uh, couple. That's <laughs> dude. That's that man's whole career. That's his livelihood. <laughs> that guy's worth a hundred. Do you think? Man. Do you think Michael would deliver Uber Eats if it was honey? Like someone ordered honey on Uber Eats, Michael go get it for him. He got there in six minutes, so. I mean, well, how come? The, why don't we just set up an Uber Eats for bears? S- the salmon, honey, and then. I, actually, I want the bears to drive the car and drop it off for me. <laughs> well, the only options on the Uber Eats would be like salmon, honey, and then like fat kids and air mattresses, and that. <laughs> those are the only options. You get to choose one of the three. They're, they're, they really want to go after girls in the Smoky who are in canopies. Hammocks, you know, hammocks, hammocks yeah. Oh, well, that was good bear news. That was, you know, just, if yeah, you're in yeah, that. Nice music. little uplifting, you know, bear, a grizzly 399. Doesn't even have a name. That's the name. And if you're in that area, you know, just let the bear fucking Say hello. They'll give you 20 bucks and say, you know, on your way. Sorry <laughs> sorry about that. It's got to be wild, though, to see like a, like, you know, this pack, like mama and then four cubs, you know. Like, I'd be more just... afraid. I'd be more afraid to see the cubs at first because you don't know where mom's going to be. You know, behind, you don't know where she's gonna be behind from all you the pic- or... from all the pictures in this article. For whatever reason, where they usually are like a little bit apart, for whatever reason, they're kind of just like really tight knit. Like, I mean, literally floating down the river together and stuff. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah. So. All right, just some quick national news before we get into our power rankings. So we have the Olympics wrapped up over this past week. Um. And I don't know about you guys. I just didn't really watch too much of the Olympics. I know we we did talk about it before. I watched some, but I I, I don't know if it was because the I know that the coverage of the Olympics has kind of been scrutinized with how bad it's been. Um, but I just really haven't. And the time change is another obvious one. The one thing that I really tuned in for, for whatever reason, I was just available that night and staying up, and I was kind of pretty jazzed up for the four by one. Man, oh man, was I. <laughs> quickly, quickly oh, not. Men's uh, track was horrible. Oh my god! I mean, they didn't I medal. Know, yeah, if you didn't know, they we dropped a baton. So yeah, uh, if that yeah, happened, that's... if that happened at our high school, our coach just probably been like, "Well, the bus is leaving without you." So that's like you you pra- you you practice for five years at this point with the the delay the thing was that this they kind of had this attitude of like the nba players they didn't practice at all together ever the four by one they've never practiced together until two days before and i get it a lot of people think oh it's just passing the baton like you've done that in track meets no, but there's timing. difference timing where the guy likes it and all that and then the worst part about it is like some of our fastest sprinters they put on like they put on the ends of the four by four, so like the curve. So there's dudes that ran the four by one that have never run a curve before. They're just like 100 meter sprinters. So they're just really good at running straight. And again, a lot of people might be like, well, suck it up and know it. But it's just like, why even do that? Like, put that guy on the straights. Like, what's going on? Like, I don't get it. I, I, that just yeah, makes no I, sense. Yeah, I saw, who's who the tennis legend? It's, it's escaping my mind right now. Um, Agassi or Sampras. I'm sorry. All right, track, track, track. My bad. I was thinking of something else. He he called out USA Track. He's like, this is embarrassing. Like you can't. Not only were they slow, but they screwed up the baton. They didn't medal. Women's track looked phenomenal. They. Yeah, Allison Felix. Yeah, they like they kicked ass. Before. 
I mean, just, the entire the entire women, the USA women's team, regardless of sport, if if they were their own country, I think they would have been like third or fourth with medals. They they killed it. It's yeah, just sh- one of those things. I just don't like this. I don't know. And and, and you know, people are going to probably put it on COVID or whatever the hell it is. But I just like I don't like this attitude of thinking that we could just show up and win. Like you know, like yeah. You know, I know that the United States did end up getting the. They had the gold, the medal lead for the most of the olympics they also did take the gold medal on the, lead last day. the last day so that that is great to see but i agree i agree that the U. I feel like certain events in the united states olympic teams kind of think that hey we're better than you we can just th- throw together any collection of people and we'll beat you but that's that that uh especially track like that's their super bowl like I get it. Basketball, like, that's not your Super Bowl. That's not your championship. Like, that's second biggest one. Yeah. Like, but, like, if you're, if you're a track and field, like, or if you're this, like, there's, there's some events in the Olympics where it's like, this is your, this is your opus. This is like, this is it. Well, I think also, I think other countries have just caught up too. Yeah. You know, and they, and they pay their, they pay their people. I mean, like, if you're in China and, like, there was my coworker was talking about somebody's like this like 14 year old diver or one gold she wins like three million dollars or whatever equivalent of that is and yeah i mean and it's just like set for life like you know yeah. they, there's these incentives that that just like you win it for your country like we're, we're going to take care of you all right jackson i know that you probably watched it or at least had yeah i watched all of them i watched so, all of it I so watched all happened, the wrestling. What happened with this this wrestler, Gable Stevenson, and what happened on the last day of the wrestling finals? Yeah, so I will say this. Team USA Wrestling balled out. They, uh, they got nine Schneider. Points. Schneider lost at the end. He got he got silver. Yeah. Schneider. <laughs> he, he lost to arguably the greatest wrestler in the past 30 years. Um, that, was, that was a weird match. International wrestling, the rules and the, the referees are – it's frustrating with them. But I mean, to like, stop you a little bit, but like, it just like, why? So it seems like if we're, we're mashing as wrestlers, it just seems like, again, I don't know anything about it, but like, it's just like, it seems like, okay, the Olympics matter. Let's work fucking hard and let's do this. You know, like it just, yeah. And I think one, USA wrestling, that attitude around USA everywhere. USA wrestling has been down. Like, obviously we, we've always, we always have a few gold. We always have like a gold medalist and stuff, but you know, collectively, you know, we are behind Russia. Um, on the women's side, Japan is very dominant. And, you know, we're kind of playing catch up. And it's it's hard to make the transition to international wrestling from college wrestling or what you see in high school. Like, no one else does that. What we, what you guys see on TV um, in, in high school and in college, no one else does that style except for in America. So it there is a transition to it. Um, but... Gable is Steven it that and, much of a transition or is it just a no, few different rule changes? It's a few different rule changes and obviously referees will. In, in, in like Kyle, it's not completely changing the game, but it's enough to make you think. Yes. And are yeah, are these other countries using the, those Olympic rules from the time they start training? And, yes. Yes. That's the okay, only rule. So they're, they're used to those changes. Yes. Yeah. So the, this, this ha- actually happened in Kyle Schneider's match. Um, He's going against a guy who's not as strong as Kyle, but he he's very good at positioning. He holds the center of the mat. And in international wrestling, um, usually if you do that, you're going to get favored. And there's a there's a thing called the activity clock in wrestling. If the ref feels like you're not making um, 
enough action, they'll put you on a clock for 30 seconds. Kind of tight. So and, there's no there's no bullshit like boxing exactly, where you just clinch. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you don't score, if you don't score in, if you don't score in that 30 <laughs> seconds, um, you the other your opponent gets a point, right? So in Kyle's match, he got put on the clock really early in the match, and I disagreed with the call. I thought the other guy should have been on it. But the international, like I said, if you hold that center, it looks like you're make, being the more aggressive. So now Kyle's down one nothing. That did kind of change the role in the match. Um, Kyle took two shots, and in, in in it's called freestyle. If you expose someone's back, like um, turn them around, or like if they take a shot and you like flip them, you can get points off of that. And then before you know, Kyle's down five nothing, six nothing, and now you're you're kind of playing catch up. Um, and he ended up losing six three. He just ran out of time. And Gable Stevenson, well, especially if you got that in the background of going, oh, I got to like do something. Yeah, and if you're up six nothing, you know, and you have a good defense, and you're holding the center of the mat, you know, the ref is not going to penalize you for that, right? They're just not. In Gable Stevenson's match all hell broke out and it's probably one of the greatest finishes in any sport of this past Olympic. Um, so Gable Stevenson is a college wrestler at Minnesota. He is known on social media as he is the villain of college wrestling. Let's just say that his personality, he is upfront about it. He is, kind, like he is, he is what the sport kind of needs. He does have some, you need I mean, you need a heel in WWE wrestling. You need a heel in, re- in actual wrestling. Well, and and side note that that is the, also the college that Brock Lesnar yes. went to wrestle. So yes. it kind of goes hand in hand. Minnesota is known as heavyweight uni- university. They always have good heavyweights. Um, Brock Lesnar, uh, last year, two years ago. So how big is this boy? He he's he's not that big. He's about five eleven, two twenty. But the guy is moved. heavyweights for Olympics. Is it is it like is it's there usually, a cap? Yeah, it's usually capped around like 285. That's pretty fucking big for a wrestler. That's pretty fucking big. He's, he's well, the guy he was race uh, facing in the finals was bigger. The guy he was facing probably had about four or five inches on him. Um, Gable I'm just is saying that's a lot of that's a lot of poundage. Gable for, is for a guy in shape like Gable is that kind of shape. Gable is someone his speed is unmatched. I mean, he is extremely quick on his feet and he's extremely strong and powerful. Um, so he is named after Dan Gable, who was a legendary, uh, Olympic gold medalist. And then who became the legendary coach for Iowa. Um, his dad just knew he was just going to be a giant or what? Uh, yeah, I don't, he was just built for wrestling, man. Day one. I mean, if you're named Gable, but I guess I, you don't have to necessarily be, that's the good thing about wrestling. You don't have to be a giant to be good at it. Cause you could be, in your no, own I mean, class. he's, I mean, he is, he is strong and he is, he's now has a partnership with Barstool. Um, he got money from Barstool, which is great to see. He's on front of my take this week. Yeah, he's he's a rock star. He's a absolute rock star right now. He how old is he? Twenty one. He's the Jesus. second. He's the second youngest gold medal winner. In, when is he? Uh, when, is, when is he joining the WWE? See, that's the next part. So <laughs> he wins the match. He's up. He's up five nothing, and then all of a sudden now he's down eight five with thirteen seconds left. And 
he could have gotten hit on this. And usually, so he gets a takedown, right, with six seconds left. And usually in international wrestling, a, a wrestler will go for a turn. Uh, when you get taken down, you're you're put in a position called parterre, where the guy on the bottom just kind of really holds the center and doesn't try to get his back exposed. It's not like in high school wrestling or college wrestling, what you see here, where a guy will try to ex- escape and get up to their feet. You don't do that here. You know, you hold the ground for like about five, six seconds, and then you're brought back up on your feet in neutral position. Gable decided to cut him, in which usually in international wrestling, that doesn't happen. So he cuts him. The guy is out of position. Gable snaps him down, spins around, is able to get a takedown literally as the buzzer went off. It was remarkable. Gable has flirted with the idea of joining the WWE. Why wouldn't you? Money, dude. Oh, yeah. He Unfortunately, is also, you're not going to make, I mean, besides, after college, you're not going to make Vince money. McMahon, I mean, Vince McMahon, Triple oh, he's H. He's probably clamoring at the bit to just get this oh, guy. You get the next Kurt Angle. You get Hamble, and then you get the Brock Lesnar connection. It's a, it's a match made in heaven. I mean, Dana White has reached out to him. Um, people are making jokes about the NFL. I would. That would be cool if he did UFC. That'd be cool. I think he'd be. I think he'd kill someone in the UFC. I do. Um, they need some more wrestlers in the UFC because it seems like everyone's like well, doing I mean, the it's, judo it's Gable, and everyone's doing the. It's just Gable's personality. Like he is the villain in college wrestling. He is the big bad guy. He beats the shit out of you. He's not a pinner, which I thought, you know, he would be, but he just dominates. Like, he can't get taken down. Um, he Is didn't he get born taken. in Minnesota? Yeah, he's from Apple Valley. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he's, when he's he country hit, strong. He is. He's a hoss, man. He's a hoss. He um, he does backflips when he wins big matches. How? He, he gets up. pounds. Huh? How? He's Google it. Pounds. He's two. You know, he's about two forty-five. Mm. Google it. He he gets up there. He gets. He does full-on backflips. Hey, he's two forty-five, and he's going against guys that could be two eighty. Yeah, and he kicks their ass. Is there not like another weight class you get? <laughs> no, he's the highest Jesus one, man. Christ. Is it? The where's, what's the cutoff? I think it's two eighty-five, and then the but one I mean, below. The, the oh, the minimum, one below him minimum. would be like. Yeah. Be like 215. That's what Kyle Schneider wrestles at. It's about 215. Got it. So, yeah. So, he's if he's a natural 240 or whatever. Then yeah. That, when when Schneider when Schneider was in college, he was weighing in about 210 in wrestling guys who were about 275, 280, and he was beating them. If you, if you don't know, it's it's hard for or it's hard for Kevin and I to keep a straight face when we hear Schneider just because there was a, a wedding of one of our friends where – Jax got really drunk and just kept saying how Schneider's the be- God's gift of Earth, and it just, he, it just yeah. I mean, he his record is great. I mean, it's unfortunate he can't beat this one Russian guy who he has beaten before. But the legend of Gable Stevenson, he's not going to go away anytime soon. And you got if you haven't seen his backflip, it's remarkable. And look out for him in the WWE or UFC. That'd be awesome to see. And I just want to say real quick, I mean, you're Jackson, you're the wrestling expert out of the three of us, but. You know, kudos to him for being as successful and winning a gold medal as he is with that name. Because just imagine if he just was awful at wrestling and your name's Gable. Oh, you just get yeah. roasted. Like all these kids who I'm sure are probably named like, you know, um, LeBron or have been named Steph or uh, just iconic names in certain sports. And they're named after that. And they're just god awful. You know, kudos to, for him for living up to the legend. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a picture of him with Dan Gable 
when he had to be about 12 or 12. I saw that picture. He looks like, yeah, like a little yeah. pudgy middle schooler kid. Hey, hey, kid, what's your name? My name is, Ma- is Mahomes Smith. Can you throw a football? No. No, I have asthma. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to live up to the legend. If you're going to be named after Olympian, I think you need to be Olympian yourself. That might be the first time that's ever happened. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll see. You know, when uh, when this podcast is on year number twenty five or whatever it is, we'll see. Yeah. There are future 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 Stevenson's, Olympians. Stevenson's yeah, Reed. Future Schneider Schneider hey, Wilcox. Remember episode ten when I said it? It happened again. Yeah. <laughs> no one listens to podcasts anymore. Yeah. It's all just <laughs> beam to your frontal lobe. So, all right. So let's we have get power, those power rankings yeah. going. Tim, go ahead and explain what the power rankings are since this was uh, your idea. I, I wanted to go a little bit more silly. So I said, you know, since we're talking about uh, the hill runs and Justin Fields and how it gets us, uh, Kevin and I and Jackson just hot and bothered. I was like, what are just like some other stupid things that make you base your entire opinion on a player? And, and this could be a player who's played before. You have stuff that you could see like in a pro level or whatever. Just like your entire opinion just is based on some stupid crap that has nothing to do with the actual game itself. And Kev, you said you were coming in hot with this, so let, let, let us get your your first take. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of went broad with all of these because I could have probably named a There's players. There's so I, many ways you can go with it. So the first thing that I did that bases, oh, and I want I want to kind of clarify this by saying it's not there are outliers to all these but any my number three is any player who chooses to go by their full name rather than an abbreviated version of their name just makes me think that they're soft and i don't really i don't really click with they don't click with me hey, if you're timothy miller don't call me tim miller yeah you know in the mitchell mitch trubisky experiment maybe kind of plugged it into my brain but you know if you're going by i prefer to go by daniel don't call me dan or oh that's michael so-and-so or that you know timothy whatever i just it doesn't vibe with me i'm not not here for it. it just seemed like a softer athlete so any anyone who chooses to go by their first name is their full first name if there is an abbreviated version i'm not i, I don't i don't doesn't doesn't click with me Obviously, if if you're there's no version, so my name's Kevin. There's no I I guess Kev, but it's pretty much just Kevin. That's cool. But if there's a pretty much locked in place, yeah, your name is Daniel, but Dan is kind of the go-to for most Daniels. You got to go by the abbreviated name, or else you know I'm not really liking you. Uh, I have an update really quick. Uh, Tim oh, Anderson. Okay. Tim Anderson just hit a walk-off home run to beat the Yankees. I saw that. I saw that we were down eight to seven, and I was like, yep. "Well, here we go." Liam Hendricks. hit it. And I checked the score, so I'm gonna watch the highlights once we get off. Go on Reddit and be go to bed feeling good. Jackson, you want to give us your your first one? I think players. We talked about this earlier. Players who wear numbers that don't like. You all right? <laughs> Sorry, I was burping from the cheeseburger. What, what did what did Michael put in that burger? Some yeah, seriously. Some of his eyebrows fell in there. They're just kind of stuck in the Big back. Caterpillars, of you know those those Gen Zers, man. They're reptiles. They're reptile people. Um, I I don't like 
athletes who wear like single digit numbers when they shouldn't be wearing single digit numbers. Like I don't like a linebacker wearing five. I don't like, I, I like the traditional numbers. Okay. I, I think it just looks better there. So would you even say like, um, even in college, it kind of looks weird. I was, that was going to be my next question. Even college. Yeah. Even in college. And I get in college, you kind of have to just cause your teams are just so much bigger. What about but, like when the receivers went to like, uh, 11s and 17s. No, and stuff like I don't that. like it. 80s, like, it. like the 80s. Yeah. 80s. Yeah. It's, oh, I mean, it's very, it's very rare to see a receiver nowadays with 80. I like an 88. 88 is probably my favorite receiver number. I, I guess tight ends probably more, but 80. Something about a good I mean, 88. You look, at, you look at the history of the uh, Cowboys. That's their number one number you get if you're a good wide receiver. You wear 88. Or right. Marcus Robinson. Okay. Or Marcus Robinson, Bears <laughs> legend. All right, Tim, right, what's Tim. your number three? I, I'm i going to go with uh, number three. I'm going to go with the the quote from Moneyball where they're talking about one of the guys and they're like, oh, is he going to be good? Is he, is he you know, do, do you think that he can get to the next level? And, he, and they say, well, no, um, he, he has no confidence. He's like, well, how do you know he doesn't have no confidence? Well, he has an ugly girlfriend. Ugly girlfriend means he has no confidence. If I got a guy who's a skill position player or a quarterback, you know, a, a top hitter, a, you know, a top point guard, and he's got an ugly girlfriend, ugly wife, something. Now we know why the Cubs didn't offer Chris Bryant all that money. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That, that could be an hour-long podcast in itself right there. Because, I mean, Chris Bryant... Because Chris Bryant she definitely she out she out kicked her coverage on that one. Well, he got the got the got don't, the benefit of being in. Don't high get school. don't get my wife Jen started. She'll call in saying, I, "Am I? I knew it." Or, I Mad, it. or Madison Bumgarner is another one. But oh, I mean, man. Just like, Madison Bumgarner was going to be one I I absolutely mentioned. It's just like, dude, what is going on? Like when my buddy Chris, Mike Chris is a Giants Bryant. fan, showed me that I was like, "What is going on here?" Like Chris, Chris Bryant, he loves it. He loves oh. it though. Chris Bryant, oh, that... Chris Bryant is a good-looking dude, and his wife is very. They were together plain. in high school, you know. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Middle school, I thought too. Oh, hey. I, they met each other at the bus stop, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what? Good for them. Yeah. But I, I definitely see where Tim's coming from on this one. Yeah, yeah. Again, doesn't like your offensive line, this, that, like it's fine. Like you're a bigger guy, like that, you're good, like whatever. But like you're a skill player, like you're a first round pick, whatever. Like you know, I, I, I want to see if there's a if there's a chick there that she should be yeah. looking like yeah. how I think that she's supposed to look. I mean, Russell Wilson before Sierra, Russell Wilson after Sierra. I mean, there That's you go. It, it, I'm starting, you know, we're we're. We're not just pulling these things out of thin air. There's kind of some science behind this. Uh, all right, so my number two, this is the first one I thought of, and I thought this was a pretty good one. I love a good, bald athlete. I think that if you're bald and you're an athlete, it just it shows me that you're not into how you look, and I, I get that. You can't really help if you're balding and you got to shave, shave your head or whatever. I get that. But, you know, people try and hide stuff and you try and do all this and get the hair plants. But 
just look at all the athletes that are ball that have just been ballers. You got MJ, obviously. You have KG. You have Erlacher before the whole well, treatment. What, what, what's and here's I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in this. What's the cutoff though? Like you know, like, you have to be shit. You, you can't be like I'm shit. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be a cue ball. ball. You gotta be a cue ball. Cue ball. Like, but I mean, like twenty-one year old cue ball. I'd be okay with it. Yep, twenty-one. Any, any. If you're bald at any age, like shave it, not like you have. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I could be the one to ask this. What about my, what about my white guys? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I, I mean, you got like the, your Erlackers, your Cal Ripkins. So obviously Barkley is uh, not white, but. If you're a, if you're a cue ball, I just think that you just get a little extra oomph because you're just here. I'm gonna mention that because I was almost gonna mention dreads, like. <laughs> so just something about a good bald head just makes me think that 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 athlete is just here to play, and is has a, has a better chance of being successful. We got Alex Caruso. I would like to see him not leave the little patches on the side. Just go full yeah. cue ball and embrace embrace it. Get the shine on it. And here you go. It just that's that just kind of is one of those well, and here's silly my things. Question. Do 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 white dudes that go bald like that? They gotta like rock a significant beard, right? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm literally looking at it looks uh, a picture of Randy Couture, and he's bald. He just showed up on my Twitter thing, and he's bald. And he's got a good beard. So there you go. It looks better, but the two guys that I mentioned that. Uh, that are white guys would be Erlacher and Ripken and they didn't have beards and you know, they still pulled it off. So yeah, just give me a cue ball on my team any day of the week. I like it. Jackson, what's your number two? Oh, I like a guy. I like a guy who does respect like the team history and like appreciates it. I think it's important. Um, I know, like, obviously we talked about this before, like, all oh, younger players just don't really give a shit about what happened in the 60s and 70s. But, like, you know, I was watching the Hall of Fame speech with Peyton Manning and, you know, how much he does care about the game and, like, where the progress of the game goes and, like, looking at it at the past. Like, I think that is kind of cool. I think it's important, too. Um, you got to know who came before you and the legacy that you leave uh, on your in your field. With okay. that long with that long pause when he said I like a guy I was gonna ask what's his name. <laughs> <laughs> is it Michael? It is Michael. Is he an Uber Eats driver? He's my Uber Eats driver. <laughs> he uh he did is such he, a good job. Is he still in your apartment right now? Hey Michael. He's actually tied up right now. <laughs> All right, Tim. What's your number two? I am judging you hardcore, and this is why I love watching the NFL draft. I'm judging you hardcore, and a lot of people say that they don't like that, like, the dudes are not there at draft night. I love that the dudes, some dudes don't go to draft night, especially now with, like, the COVID thing. When, when it was the COVID uh, NFL draft, I was super excited. Why? Because I love seeing what kind of posse you got at your house when you're getting drafted like i want and i love justin fields was just chilling with his family like just just his low-key family whatever because if i see you like with like all these friends and it looks like it pans over like you know how they do like the pan over to the right and it just looks like a whole bunch of like who the hell is that that is not your family you know like that's not your friend like (laughs) that's not even your friend that's your friend friends whatever i automatically assume that that dude is like like and again, I have no problem with a guy getting the bag. 
I have no problem with the guy getting a big contract. But, like, that's a guy who's, like, going to be in the league for two years going, well, I need to be paid more. You know? <laughs> so, like, I I just, I love it. I, I almost, I hope that from now on that at least half the dudes in the first round stay at home. I'm judging you hardcore. I love seeing what people are wearing. I love, like, I don't care anything about you in any of those video feeds of you being at the, at your house like i'm looking at what the hell's going around you or like do you let it slip and like you wear like the wrong hat like what was there there was one guy in the nfl draft this year that like it actually it accidentally panned over to the, the table and had all the nfl hats. except for the wrong one yeah <laughs> i was gonna say that do they get all the hats they like get the all the hats they get all the hats well, I want to know, like, I've never once at the at any of the NFL, NBA, whatever drafts where they, they are at home, I have never once seen people, like, with a spread of food that people should be eating. It's just everyone's there just not eating, just waiting yeah. on, waiting for this pick. Yeah. Where's where's the big tinfoil trays of, like, fried chicken? Like, like yeah, yeah. Offensive line. Offensive It'd be very line. funny to see yeah. someone with, like, a sandwich, like, eating in the background. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I'm getting drafted yeah. now. Let me see some crazy. I mean, that was like best thing about like the draft too, with the coaches drafting like from their homes too, and seeing like you know like oh wait a minute is that his son going piss in the background <laughs> like like you know that I need that I need that I would rather I will give props that. to Joe Thomas wasn't he on a boat going fishing with his dad and like originally he didn't know like he got drafted like he's like ah fuck it I'm just not even gonna I'm watch saying, it and like I want to see some regular shit like your regular family so like if I see that I'm judging you you know I'm. I'm judging hardcore. Jen loves watching the draft with me because I, I I have some great takes. I probably next next draft I probably need to get my Twitter out and just like <laughs> like just immediately just I'm judging shit that nobody's even talking about. Hey, if so. if the G if a GM takes Tim's approach of basing it off of not being there and what the family looks like, you, know you, hey, you would have been good. Who, who, do you, who do you who do you got who do you you got on your big draft board. I don't know. Can we get like everyone's live feed up right now? <laughs> okay, mom, dad, mom, dad, agent, girlfriend. Boom, we're taking them. Yeah. Uh, we got a party of uh, 65 people. I don't think any of them know the person who's getting drafted. Nah, nah. We're, we'll, nah we're it's on the board. Does he have a dog? We'll give him a dog. Big brother's <laughs> eating a sandwich in the back. We're getting this guy. He's an offensive lineman. Let's go. Okay, so my number one of stupid things that make me base my entire opinion on a player is I will either positively or negatively base my opinion on a player based on my experience with that player in a video game. So that's a good one. Like that's it. a very that's good one. Big. That's yeah, good. That's a hundred percent. So for example, me and Jackson had this epic unfinished nfl blitz game which we still I, get shit about we still get shit about um i think i was the bears or you, I were, was the, the, you were the, I bear. was the bears I was the anyway bears. but it's we've come to consensus that anytime you play as the jaguars in nfl blitz that jimmy smith is the best player in that game so that just makes me think of jimmy smith as this incredible football player he was great but now that just elevates him to the next level and let's say if I'm playing a game like FIFA or Madden or whatever, and some guy that I'm using for t- on a team just stinks, when I'm watching him on TV, he could be, you know, doing well. But I just think that guy stinks because he got me 20 yards in a game of Madden. So or, if you had a bad game with Messi on FIFA, fuck Messi. This guy it, sucks. Exactly. So a guy that just that would kind of relate that Tim knows, uh, 
Alexander Lacazette, who plays for Arsenal, yeah, he was my we, guy we, at FIFA. That was how we got really big into soccer, you and I. We started playing FIFA, and they were like, oh, like actually, let's like give a shit about this now. For, for sure. And he, he's like, now where he's at, he's not really the best. But when he was scoring goals for my team at FIFA, that I was like, man, that guy, he is a stud. He, you know, he's... He's he's up there with the Ronaldo's and the Messi's, according to me, because he's performing that well for me. In the Honestly, that's probably why like anyone like was still a fan of Mike Vick. That guy's a piece of shit. But I was like, oh well, he was so good in that Madden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So that that's my number one. If you're good in the video game, I like you. If you suck for me in a video game, I'm gonna think less of you when you're playing in real life. Got it. I love that. That's a great number one. That's Thank a good you. one. Thank you. That is a very good one. Damn, that's going to be hard to beat. I guess mine is, this is like a negative for me. Um, yeah. If I find out that the kids' parents were like helicopter parents and like weirdos and like made their kid like overtrain, I, I judge that athlete because one, I think that guy's going to be a fucking idiot and he doesn't think for himself. And then he's probably going to suck because how many times have we seen like prodigies like, oh, his parents worked him so hard and blah, blah, blah. And the guy blows or like there's so many examples of like quarterbacks like I forget which Raiders quarterback. The dad tied his left arm behind his back before he went to sleep to make his (laughs) arm stronger, like insane shit like that. I just think that with it. Yeah. Like that athlete's gonna be an idiot and doesn't think for himself, and this is like the only thing he cares about in life. It's it's not even just pro athletes. I got a story that so. Oh, I can't even imagine what's like being a nine year old. Dude, I so the I originally went to North Central College to play basketball, and my roommate ended up he was on the basketball team as well, and his parents weren't so like helicopter parents in terms of like playing basketball to be good, but just wouldn't let him do anything fun. He was just like, he, he wasn't going out to parties. It, it, not saying that you had like drink in high school to be cool, but he just like, wouldn't it always be on his, on his ass about everything. Like, where are you at? You need to be home at this time. You can't go out, blah, blah, blah. And he just went, once he had that freedom, he went off the rails, oh, failed, failed out of college, ended up like living some, like in an apartment somewhere in Naperville and just, I never heard from him again. So, I mean, it's not even just, pro athlete level people it's just everyday folks if you have you know people who are just down your neck breathing on you on your on your ass yep yep i causes, judge it causes some weird people yeah i i judge it and i think they're just gonna be weird people like they, they're just not gonna be like socially active or not socially active but like aware of their surroundings or like or succumb or, to the pressure if, if they're not yeah is exactly good. yeah yeah like sure. that's mine um, and it's weird because we talked about Cable Stevenson, like having the name. <laughs> Your name's Gable. People. You better be good at. You better be. You good better at be good. Yeah, go go give me a fucking Olympic title. Yeah. But um, you got a one percent chance it works out. Do you take that chance? You gotta have expectations. But if the broadcast is telling me to have expectations of you based off some stupid parent shit, fuck that. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, I. I'm going to go with one that is like more, I guess, more serious or more just like because everyone does it. It's you hear it all the time. Oh, shit. We, who do we draft? We drafted him. We, oh, wait a minute. He's from, he's a hometown kid. He's from Illinois. 
the hometown kid. <laughs> the oh, hometown man. kid. Everyone, everyone you got to draft the hometown kid. kid. You got to draft the hometown kid. Wait a minute. It could be like from some town in Illinois. Or it could be, or you could be in New York. You whatever, whatever state you're from. Whatever. It could be a town you've never been to. You've never been to this town ever, but you find out that it's in the Chicagoland area. You're like, well, this kid's a stud. This or, kid's a stud. I yeah. or find out that he was a lifelong Bears fan. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You're yeah. like the hometown kid. The hometown kid. And I just think that, and I'm I'm totally guilty of it. I'm uh, we got I got it with Cole Komet. I got it with this. We talked like, about Cam Meredith yeah, today. Yeah, totally a 100% guilty of it. But man, is it fucking stupid! It is so stupid. I mean, if you drafted Tim Miller and he's a hometown kid, trust me, your team's going in the shit. Your team's going in the shitter. So it, it it should not be a thing. I mean, like honestly, like I've even had it with you know my wife or oh wait Christian Kirk. You know he went to a school in Scottsdale. I'm like, Jen, you're not. That's not a reason home. to take him. Yeah, yeah. Not I'm like, you're not, even, you're, you're not even. You're not even from Phoenix. Most you're of the time, the hometown guy sucks and yeah. he doesn't make the team like yeah. he just doesn't it's like oh man that guy was from glenn it's, ellen it's 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 a giant trap and it stinks and then the worst part is if you don't draft the hometown kid and then the hometown kid's good and you, uh, you and he you, goes to the rival team and he the like, worst was like him. i forgot who we drafted over i think did we draft shay mcclellan over whitney merciless and like whitney merciless from chicago went to u of i whatever and then he ended up being an all right, but like he was really good at the beginning. And I was like, damn, he's got a cool ass name, and we didn't draft him. Are you kidding me? We could like, this white guy out of Idaho. Yeah, it's the hometown kid. I I had to. Uh, I had I had some honorable mentions if you want to go that route. Oh, absolutely. One of them was one of them was especially for like quarterbacks or like basketball players, and I've seen this with Fields. How how they look wearing a hat. Like, you know, like, not so much like the hat of draft day, but, like, I've seen uh, Justin Fields wearing, like, the cream-colored uh, f- uh, 1940s throwbacks Bears logo hat at the gym, and I'm like, oh, my God, he looks so good. Like, he looks so good in that hat. I want that hat. It's if, also kind of like, do they have a cool haircut, too? Yes. If, Hair, if, a, guy's, a, if a guy's wearing a hat that you've never seen before of your franchise, and then you're like, immediately, I got to get that hat, I like you. I like you. Love you. And then obviously like the, the guys that jump out of the pool or the guys that like yeah, are please. lifting like the lifting like tires or bullshit or like just lifting stuff that's so unconventional where you're just like This guy's cleaning eight hundred pounds, we gotta draft yeah. him. Yep. Or eat Chipotle, then, eat Chipotle for seven months to gain size, so let's draft him in the second round and, and I'm excited about it. Especially for football, I had some things on, like, position players. Like, DBs, I want them, like, on draft night, swagged out. Like, I want a chain on them. I want, like, them, like, in, like, the most ridiculous suit in the world. Like, just, like, you know, fleeced out. But if it's, like, a white guy we're drafting, white guy, like, lineman, white guy quarterback, white guy, I want him to look, like, dorky as shit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like most linemen, regardless <laughs> of their race, they they look, they just look serious all the time. That's what I'm saying. I want like, them to look like they'll get a high five from their best friend or a hug from their mom, but they're still looking at the TV like, all right, 
Let's if go. they like, if, if there's a lineman who's like 300 pounds and he looks like swagged out, and, he, and you're like, damn, that's a good looking guy, or whatever, I'd be like, this guy's not gonna be good. Like, you know, like, like I want just... him, I want him in like a button up shirt, like a like a t shirt button up shirt. That like, might be a little. Did small. you just learn how to dress yourself today? Maybe <laughs> some like bad hair. Definitely not. Definitely didn't get a suit that's custom fit for him. It's just way too big or way too small for him. Oh man, can you imagine a suit that's way too big for like a guy who's like three forty? How big is there any positions in football where you like you have a certain like I need this like kind of style? I mean, I think you you always want the confidence player with your skill positions. Um, I mean, you don't see a lot of linemen. I feel like, well, maybe defensive tackles and ends, but like, who are kind of like the 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 shit talkers, you know. So you want them kind of like have a different kind of step up there. Yeah, D- and obviously I think defense they obviously have their own chip on their shoulder for a different reason. But like, I would be okay to have like I would love to see like a lineman who like talks shit back to people, but they have to back it up. Well, I mean, you kind of want to see your lineman like going for like the hug with Goodell, whereas like your skill players, you just kind of want like a handshake, you like know? a dap yeah, up, yeah. a dap up, and then. <laughs> And you're just yeah. like, why do I have these stupid premonitions? But that's sports. I love it. I love draft that's... night, man. Home All time. right. Well, I think that wraps up. This is a, this was episode ten. If you guys didn't uh, didn't realize, double digits, baby. Double, Let's go. Double digits. Uh, just so to, to wrap up, uh, you can catch this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, we will be doing a quick turnaround. With Expect, the yeah, some preseason recap for so sure. Most likely by Monday or Tuesday, we'll be we'll be going over that Bears Bears Dolphins first preseason game and either just jumping for joy and just ready to jump on the next hot I'm not thing a that's fan, gonna come up. I'm not a fan of one o'clock games on Saturday though for preseason. I feel like preseason should only be 10 a.m. for me, dude. Dumb. Dumb. There or B square. All right, so yeah, quick turnaround for the the preseason game podcast and i guess we'll sign off with that so thank you for listening to the team bear sports podcast see you bears Thank you, thank you, and go Bears!